0: Praise God. God is good. How many of you guys have been enjoying our message? Can you please put up the slide? That picture of me back in the day? (laughs) Where is it? There you go. Can you see the resemblance, guys? Just because I'm not wearing glasses now. You can't see. But uh, yes, how many of you guys have been enjoying this message? Wasn't it amazing? We're going to be rounding it up this morning. We're going to be closing it off. And uh, then there's a, there's a family service happening just after the service. And that is for the, for the uh, passing of Quentin. It's going to be a, a, a memorand service after this. And I think it's going to be very special, very short. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, some worship songs so you can stick around and join the family. And we're going to have just a short word. And then the family has asked if you would like to, you can uh, join them after that to go and feed the poor. First of all, grab a bite to eat with them and then go and feed the poor out in the local community. Um, I, will, I will unfortunately not be able to join. I have other, other stuff happening, but I will be here for a short while with everybody. But um, yes, so that is what's happening for the day. Let's get ready to round off this amazing message straight from the Holy Spirit. I don't know how many of you guys remember when we got the leading to go into the ego. It was uh, during another service. And um, the Holy Spirit said, the license to kill, grace. Turn to the person next to you and say, grace. Grace. Yo, grace is the only license to kill the ego. Amen? Why? Can anyone shout out there let us know why? Amen. Because anything else is your ability. Anything else. It has to be by grace. Not by mind power, not by willpower, but by the Spirit of the Lord. That's how we will achieve success in our spiritual walk. Amen? Amen. 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 I don't know if uh, Bash had something on his heart this morning that he wanted to go with for the closing of this message. but
1: Yeah, praise the Lord. I think, um, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> when you looked at, I think especially on podcast, I called it Grace. I mean, it was called on License to Kill. You know, when I was checking the downloads, I was like, yes, yeah, see, this thing's got some controversy. Eh? I was like, wow. Because Jesus is like, thou shalt not kill. Yeah, we're preaching grace is a license to kill, you know. But I think it was good clickbait, though. You know, the, yeah, the guys are like, well, what's this about? I, I think I put it in the description as well. I said, um, warning, this is not akin to any grace message you've heard or something like that. It was quite funny. But, um, but yeah, no, this morning, um, I just had it on my heart that I wanted to talk about that... Um, uh, what I mentioned last week about how we do not fear the corruption of the flesh—we've become so used to just dealing with every circumstance, every consequence, you know, every side effect. We just like, ah, we'll make a plan. You know, it's fine. We'll just, we'll just do it. You know, and it's so amazing. Um, we were, we were talking this morning, and it just came up that uh, I think last night we went out a bit, and you know, I haven't been in a. in in sort of like a a, a dance sort of party scene in a while, you know. And when I was there, I was like, just watching the people. You, You know what I'm saying? Remember how you were explaining with the CrossFit, you know? So I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know what? Hey, Tasso said he was just, you know, perceiving, you know? So I'm like, let me perceive, Lord. It was a bad idea, but I was not ready for that, my gosh. Started getting a depression in the club Oh my God! No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, um, you know, it's just, and it's amazing. You know, when you watch people, it's, it's more entertaining than anything you'll ever watch in your life. Eh? I'm telling you. Because, you know, every person is so unique, you know. And it's only when you come to acknowledge that, that you understand the complexity of what it takes for all of us to live at peace with each other. You know what I'm saying? We think like the laws of the land, oh, that keeps us at peace, you know. But it's not. It's actually only... Uh, uh, um, the, unit, the unison of God's spirit and our spirit in our hearts that actually will keep everyone at peace that is the paradise everyone's yearning for you know if we lived by the spirit of God and we were made whole in Christ we would live to serve each other there'd be no crime, there'd be no pain there'd be nothing, you know what I'm saying because every single one of our actions would be um, through the motive of love you know and I was just there and I was like thinking that uh, and I was telling Dean because we were there last night and I was like you know so you, you can see some people came here tonight and they just want to have a good time. They just want to jam. They're going to go home. You know, it's fine. And then you get other people who came here and they, they came there because they decided that, you know what, right now I'm broken, I'm sad, I'm empty. This is what I need, you know? And they decided that this is the place they're going to get it. You, you know what I'm saying? And then you get other people who are just lonely. They're like, I watch people walk in there by themselves, ace out, by themselves They get a drink, and then they walk around, and they're just desperately looking for people that, you know, they can connect with. You know, and I'm seeing all of this happen, and it was like a couple of hours, and I'm like, Lord, these people are so broken. You know what I'm saying? They're so lost because they don't know the riches that the kingdom offers us. You you know what I'm saying? And it's our entire lives we have only uh, been taught to deal with our needs through our five senses. That's all we've been taught. You hungry, you eat. You thirsty, you drink. You know, whatever it is, we've only been taught to uh, uh, fulfill ourselves through the five senses. But you know, when you've got a lack in your heart, your five senses can't help you. Because your five senses don't reach your heart. The only one who can reach your heart is Jesus. Are you with me? So you could be feeling lonely and you think, right, I'm going to go dance. I don't know how the two correlate, you know. But, <laughs> but the truth is, is that people are just so desperate. They're so desperate for some wholeness, for some love, for some contentment, some connection. But all they know is, okay, if I'm feeling sad, I'm going to eat sugar. If I'm, if I'm feeling whatever, I'm going to go work out. Or, you, you know, I'm going to chase something. There must be something physical that I need to do to fill this need that I'm experiencing. Are you with me? And when it's a lack in the heart, it affects us way more than a lack in the body. Because, I mean, if you're hungry, what do you do? Hopefully you eat, right? But I mean, once you eat, are you hungry still? Well, if you are, you eat more, whatever. Yeah, it also depends on what you ate, you know? Sometimes people invite you for lunch and there's like lettuce and a tomato, you like Sunday lunch. Crackers. Yeah, a few crackers, the salty cracks. <laughs> are, you, are you guys understanding what I'm saying? And, and you know, in this, in this series that we've been doing, um, we really highlighted how as believers we are called away from that. You know what I'm saying? Over the weeks, every, every element we dealt with, and, you know, we showed the mechanics of that ego, that, that identity that was formed around experiencing everything through your five senses. You, you know what I'm saying? We dealt about how those mechanics work, but when we look at it as believers, how important it is that we move away from that. We must detach from that, guys. That is your license to kill. Yeah. You have to kill that legacy thinking, you know, that traditional thinking of, Okay, I've got an itch in me. I know it's not in my body, you know, but I can feel it like it's somewhere. It's like you're just sitting there and then this thing overwhelms you, you know, like a wave. Mm. You're like, oh, let me just get up and go and do something. You know, that's a lack in your heart. It's got nothing to do with your body or anything, but it's a lack in your heart. At that moment, as believers, what we are told to do is to look internally to the kingdom of God inside of us through the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? So when you're feeling lonely, you don't go and jump from relationship to relationship to relationship. When you're feeling insecure, you don't go and now work out and diet and you know all these things. When you're feeling like a failure, you don't now go and chase a corporate dream to, you know, get an impression about yourself. Are you with me? All of these things need to be reconciled to our new identity in Christ. Are you with me? So if, if, if there's anything that you guys need to get from the series, guys, it's that. Is that you need to learn to hate the way you used to live. You have to. Are you with me? You have to hate it because the way you used to live was a prison. Now people will say, oh yes, you know, my smoking was a prison or my partying or my drugs. That's not the prison we're talking about. There was a prison that gave birth to those things. And that's the prison of sin that Paul was talking about where he says, listen, this place that you were placed into is that place of the flesh. That the only way you had to satisfy your lack was through your senses. You deciding how you're going to make it happen. Where you're going to get it, what you're going to get. You know, sort of thing. So this morning, I just wanted to emphasize that, that you guys need to take that and be diligent as sons and daughters of God to work that out in your life. You have to. You have to be conscious of the fact that, listen, I need to move away from this corruption. If I keep this corruption around me, if I keep going back to this and I don't uh, uh, make the transition to go to Jesus, I must not be shocked of the corruption that surrounds me. Because that's all I'm going to produce. Are you with me? If you're in, in corporate and you're 40 years down the line, you're approaching retirement, next minute, you got blood pressure and stress and heart issues and all this stuff, and you'll be like, oh, why is this happening to me? Well, I mean, it's 40 years of just living in the flesh to try and satisfy something. Are you guys with me? We need to think soberly about these things that all, everything's happening in our lives. It's because of what we're planting in our heart.
2: Yeah. And then they want the magic prayer. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's so powerful. I think that deserves a, a round wow. of applause right there. <laughs> and I think the confusion that's come into the church, Tassel Bash, is that what we've realized in this series, okay, from, from, you know, looking at the scriptures, is that you're never going to be able to fix the flesh. Yeah. yeah. Can you just get over it? Can we just get over it that you're never, ever going to be able to fix your flesh? Your flesh is broken for eternity. Well, not eternity, until eternity, should I say. Your flesh is broken. There's no way you're going to fix it. The big problem is when we come into church today, we get told that there's certain things that we can do to make the flesh feel better to make the flesh look better, to make the flesh behave better. Sin is not the issue. It's the attitude that carries the capacity for sin. That's That's the problem. We don't start with trying to fix the sins, family. We start with fixing the ego. How do you fix the ego? You let it die. You can't fix it. You can't dress it up. You can't make it smarter. You can't make it behave better. It is broken until you will receive your full glorious body. Mind, soul, body, flesh, everything in the presence of Jesus. Amen? So we've got to stop stop teaching these messages where we say to people, if you behave better, Jesus will love you. If you behave better, Jesus will bless you you are actually putting people into a darkness in their soul. Because the moment someone takes a self-motivating message like that, runs out and tries to dress up the ego, tries to fix the ego and their behavior, they have immediately put themselves into a place of entrapment. Mm. The message is, get away from yourself. Jesus said, he who finds his life loses it and he who loses his life finds it. Mm. So why do we preach these messages from the pulpit? Why does the modern day church preach self-motivational messages that puff up the flesh? Mm. Is it maybe that the church hasn't come to terms with dying? Is it maybe that the church is trying to stay alive by any means possible and just add Jesus to themselves? Our daily walk every day is a changing, it's an exchange. It's an exchange for one identity to the next. It's not trying to build yourself up, it's trying to lose yourself completely so that you can experience your new you. Who is that? In Christ. And there's something about this process, family. There's something about this process. If you go and you try to make the flesh behave better, and you try to build it up, you miss out completely. But you know what happens? You, you actually look at yourself more, you become more self-conscious, and then what you look at, you look for more tools in the flesh to build yourself up with.
2: Yeah.
0: So you go down this road, it's a slippery slope. And guess what happens? You become so self-reliant, so self-dependent that you forget and you become short-sighted like the message last week, that your sins have been forgiven and that you are a new creation in Christ. Amen? What's supposed to be taking place is pushing the flesh away, getting a sense of reliance on God, not on self. You see, this is where the crux is. Why do we still hold on to self? We hold on to self because we're too scared to become childlike. You see, what we're trying to build in our new sense of self, not the old sense that we had, but the new sense of self is humility. And humility only comes from you no longer depending on your flesh, but now depending on God every day. So you push yourself away, you push your wisdom away, you push your status away, you push your education away, you push your strength away, you push all of it away. You push your religion away, you push your pastor title away. You push it all away. And you begin to learn how to once again become a child in the kingdom Dependent on the Father's strength and wisdom and ability. And what happens is, something gets generated inside you. Something gets built up inside you. It's called humility. It's called dependency on God. But that's the crux of the human nature. We don't want that. We want to do it our way and add God to it. Mm. You'll never ever learn... be humble like that humility is an exercise every day before I make that decision Lord how do I do it when do I do it why do I do it that way amen every day we have to exercise that and subconsciously in our hearts we are building humility the only thing that stops us from being humble is the fact that we're hanging on to the power of free will. Yes, it's the greatest, it's the greatest gift God gave us. And you have the power to make decisions. You do. But are your decisions empowering you? <laughs> do you have the courage to look at yourself and say, No, my decisions do not empower me? That's humility.
2: Yeah.
0: That's putting yourself in a position to experience God's ability. Amen? Amen? This is how simple it is, but it's the hardest thing for us to do. Do you remember again, back in the day when you had to go and ask your dad, can you do this? Can you do that? Do you remember when you became a 21-year-old and you got the keys to the, to the house or whatever? Freedom! Freedom for what? Freedom to do what? Do you even know what your freedom is for? Huh? And then we run out there, get married, get pregnant, get this, get that, get this. And then we only realize, geez, our freedom is actually causing bondage. I wish I could go back to dad. (laughs) And then they come back when they're in their 30s. And they, and they appreciate mom and dad way more than they did in their 20s. Mm. Are you with me? Why? Why? Because we don't want to be childlike. We want to bring our education. We want to bring our titles. We want to bring our position into the kingdom. There's no place for them. There's one king there.
1: Come on. That's it. Yeah.
2: And, and also, <clears throat> excuse me. I think the, the important factor is how many times we want to stay the way we are and we want to employ the kingdom principles that we find in the Word of God to sort of prop up, support the eager. Yeah. Hey? No, absolutely. I mean, I've seen it because I do a lot of consultancy for businesses and I see it always with the CEOs. The minute they invite you in, they're not willing to change. They don't understand that they're the bottleneck. <laughs> it's
1: true.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I'd like to stay where I am, I'd like to do whatever I'm doing currently, and this little squeaks here, my managers and my <laughs> employers and all that, they just, they don't seem to want to change. So, could you please come in and give me every advice out of all your experiences in life, in business, so that you can support my ego? I'm telling you. And and, and that happens in every arena of life. You see it in church. You see it in uh, uh, in family. You see it in... Uh, marriage you see it I mean you know have you seen those alpha males guess what they are (laughs) Ego.
1: that's
2: all it is you know how do you recognize ego in you now that's important okay how do I recognize it in me though What, what is the question that I need to ask you see ego makes more important how it looks rather than how it is. See, hey, yeah, how does this thing look? Don't touch this, we've built this, (laughs) you know. Don't touch it. So, every time in my heart, all I need to ask, am I supporting something because of how it looks, hey?
0: That is so powerful. You, so I was actually saying that to Dalron on the way in the car yesterday, Yeah. because uh, there's a couple of friends I know in ministry that have uh, divorced Yeah. and they, my age, 47, and they now remarried a 21 year old or a 22 year old, okay? And the thing is, is that they don't actually care about building a solid relationship with that woman. They care more about how it looks. So they're willing to to take that decision to look good, and if it falls apart, because you know when you're 60-something or whatever, she's only, what, 40. Yes, frot, man. You 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 you're over, you're over cadavers. Life only begins for her at 40. (laughs) All
1: the guys are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey,
0: watch your ego. Check your egos, boys. <laughs> so so what Tassa is saying is so true because what they'll do is they will rather put a young girl on their arm to look like something to fulfill that lack that Bash is talking about. Knowing that it could possibly cost them in the long run. And they make a decision in their heart where they go, you know what, if it falls apart, it falls apart anyway. For now, I'll just enjoy the ride and get out of it what I can. There's, there's, just, there's no substance in it. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's no substance in the ego. So,
2: now, remember, when, when you're looking at something and how it looks, Okay. now, what does ego do? What does the mind do? It wants to support it and tell it you are right. You see, how it looks... It's always going to be right. Because remember, the mind has to have what we call equilibrium. You know, you you can't have something in your mind that you don't agree with. Because the mind cannot support it. The, The mind always has to support something that it believes it's right and when you've taken a decision that how it looks is right then the mind will have to come up with a logic now the problem is in that logic as a believer you think it's God that's what the problem is this is God speaking to me and you convince it's God so this is why I'm saying it's 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 so important right in the beginning, I need to be, like like Diddy was saying, before I take a decision, <laughs> is this, I'm supporting something because of how it is, or is it because of how it looks? Mm-hmm. Man, and we fall short, well I have, especially when you're rearing up children. Yeah. That is one of the biggest dangers, you know? especially when you're in ministry you know what i mean because what is the congregation going to say and what is this person is going to say and what you know and we're not looking well i can't talk about Didi, but about myself you know i'm not looking at a situation and say hold on one second yeah what my wife Verne is saying about this how is this going to benefit the child not how it's going to make me look You see, so yeah. you see, in every area of your life, you've got to start cleaning it up to the point that you, your heart has to say, "I love righteousness and I hate ego." Come on, yeah, that's it. To that point, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, by the way, this was Simon Templar. <laughs> <laughs> really. <Yeah>. Oh. <laughs> Nobody knows Simon Templer. No, no, no. Are you serious? Yeah. Come on. I, I thought
1: it was Didi Hemsworth. I don't know. <laughs> 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 but, but to that point you're making where you talk about your heart needs to love righteousness and hate ego. You know, um, this this principle that we're explaining this morning, guys, you need to understand that you can't just choose to do it. Yeah. So what do I mean by that? I mean that you can't just choose to kill the ego and float somewhere. Woo. You know, just like float around. You can't do that. The process of killing the ego is awakening to the love of God. It's awakening to the righteousness of God. Because you must remember, all these things that you've built up in your life, it's there because you've defined it as value. Um, So automatically, your autopilot is, this is good for me. I'm going to keep going in this. You can't just stop that and then not do anything. You need to replace it with what the truth in the Word of God is. You know, And the other thing, the other the dangerous uh, uh, side effect of that corruption is how biblical principles have been made useless to the church because people have abused it. You know what I'm saying? So the Bible gives us these basic principles that we should be doing every single day, right? But because there have been people on the pulpit who have abused us with that, we're like, no, I'm not going to do that. It's like, but listen, you can't say I'm not going to do that because he abused me with it. You have to say... I'm going to do it the way the Word of God says it. Are you with me? A few examples. Reading the Bible. Now, everyone's laughing. It's like, what do you mean? As Christians, no, let me break this down, right? How many of you over the years, right, a pastor has put it on you and made you feel guilty or a leader or something that you don't read the Bible? Then you get into the swing of, oh, I'm just reading this Bible to please this pastor, then you get out of, oh, yeah, or to please God, you know, oh, so I have to read my Bible, you know. Then you go up a little further and you realize, now that guy was talking nonsense. Now all of a sudden you're like, no, I'll, I'll just read my Bible when I feel like it. You know, I don't want it to be a work. You know, I don't want it to be, you know, that sort of thing. Mara, you need to read the Bible so that you know what you are moving towards. Do you realize if you wait to feel like reading the Bible, you'll never read it? Why? Your flesh doesn't want it. You need to have the discipline that even when you don't feel like it, Lord, I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to open my heart because I want to know what I'm moving towards. Because you see, what you read on those pages is who you already are. So when you read in the Bible that Jesus says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. As a husband, you're going to say, yay, hold on, I must check my heart here. Yeah? Am I doing that? There where it says, wives, submit to your husband, then the wives will be like, yo, until you read that word, the only perspective is, you, have, you know, this man is useless. Hey, I don't know. Everything is still broken in the house. He comes home late, you know, the grass is not cut. Then the men are like, hey, you know, this woman, I can't, I'm out. Will you stop you talking know? about me in the service, please? <laughs> <laughs> but think about it, guys. Think about it. If we do not prioritize understanding the vision God has given us for who we are in Christ, how do we move towards it? If we do not replace the vision that we have based on the flesh with that of the spirit, how can we ever expect to realize it? You cannot. No, you know, uh, Bash, you know, I just, you know, I didn't feel like reading the Bible today. What didn't feel like? The Bible is the spirit, it's truth. Mm. So where the feeling came from? (laughs) Hello? It didn't come from our children, okay? It came from your flesh. Why? Because you know in your heart what is in the word is good for you. How can you not want it? Then you must know it's the flesh that is denying this thing. Because you know what? Who I am in Christ, I am now going to find out. I'm going to press on to the truth in the spirit. Are you with me? You look at another. Money. People now, because I've been extorted and I've been abused, they told me God was going to curse me if I don't tithe. No. Church is all about money. Listen, there are churches like that. But you don't live in compliance to churches. You live in the value in the word of God. Hello. Yeah. And listen, we had to work through that. Do you remember after we left that other church, Boots? I was like, tithing out for tech, I'm done. Don't tell me about money in church, nothing. Then he messages me, listen, Bash, Holy Spirit's been telling me something. I'm like, oh, here we go. What's he been telling you, dudes? No, we need to teach on tithing. I'm like, what? No way, are you sure? I, Then I said, okay, let me go and read this thing. Lo and behold, I opened my heart. I forgot the offense. I forgot the abuse. And I read it for the truth that it was. And it became the practice that freed my heart from money. From my reliance on it. Are you with me? Prayer. Coming to church. People use coming to church. to be like, oh, there's my Christian stamp. Yes, gold star, well done. No. Are you with me? Coming to church is for your benefit to connect with the body that's what it's about we need to accept what the word of god says and all these different principles guys these disciplines that we in and of ourselves must apply in our lives so that we can move on towards the fullness of what we have in christ are you with me we don't just get to say i'm gonna stop that stop that and do what what are you moving towards amen you don't get to just float you know
2: and uh, what you guys can do, and always you must do that, you know, that's what the, the Bible encourages us to put off the old man, okay, you heard the word of God, and then put on the new man. So, when you come to a scripture, it is advisable, advisable, uh, to stop, <laughs> and when you, I mean, even we, we saying things now, what, what comes up in your heart? Because we're moving from one subject to another quickly. See, you don't have time to locate w- what makes me feel so uncomfortable. Is it maybe my ego? You know what I mean? Sorry, I'm looking at you, but it's not you. I'm just, you know, you, just a point there, that's all. <laughs> yeah. Could have been anyone. But anyway, so, you know, ask your heart. Why, why am I feeling the way I'm feeling toward the, the Scripture? Because right now, and be honest, I hate righteousness i love my sin. yes it's destructive but it brings me a lot of benefits pleasure this that the other you know but while it's doing that it's destroying me and the people around me and the environment okay so i've misplaced my pleasures i went and i become addictive and i've misplaced because anything can activate pleasure anything doesn't have to be good doesn't you know it can be bad it can be anything so that's why someone used to say be careful you know what you're gonna do that's gonna give you pleasure because it might destroy you you're gonna you might like it Mm. that's the problem so always go inside and you say well this is the way i'm feeling about this about money about reading my bible you know I mean, I think the biggest uh, thing with the Bible, especially when you come to understand grace and and the love of God and righteousness, is reading the book of Proverbs and the book of James. You know? Because while you're reading those things, it's like you're sweating. (laughs) Yeah, because you're reading things and you're saying... (laughs) Yeah, surely God loves me <laughs> surely you know what I mean while I'm reading this so but but you see that's why so you really
0: always got to keep it open on Romans 8 yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> that's true Ephesians
1: Colossians you know. yeah
2: so just say in your heart what is it that makes me respond the way I do you know and then what by doing that is you're questioning your ego. You're asking ego, what are you getting out of this?" You see? And you'll see a lot of the times it, it's going to be a motive that comes up. It'll be probably an attitude, you know It'll be you know some form of, um, of some negative emotions that have been trapped there for for years maybe and and the bible says that's something you're going to do he can't come and lay hands on you and take it out it can't go because you got to cooperate first you got to want it to get out of you you see he can be a cop out to you when you come and you say you know pray for me please man and then He's thinking, well, I've got to do my duty. I know he's not thinking that way, but just, you know. And then we we, we can do things that undermine you, undermine your faith, your responsibility to send that thing away and replace it with a goodness and the love of God. Replace it with that proverb where suddenly it was death to you. The same word is alive. Why? Because you did something. You put off the old man and his deeds. You renewed your mind. And then you decided to put on the new man. You decided to go back to that scripture and then see yourself in it and see yourself alive in it in Christ empowered by him you see and been able to move to the next level so that stronghold is no longer there. by the way strongholds are your egos i mean it all goes back to those things you know what i mean so and you can be totally free totally free totally free
0: amen i think we'll close with this because uh Time is up, but it's been an amazing series, amen? Amazing. If you haven't watched it, go back and watch it over and over again. You're going to be set free in so much. Go to the podcasts and have a a good listen. You know, when you're reading those books like Proverbs (laughs) and you're sweating like Tassel saying, always remember, God loved Jacob, but he hated Esau. Esau. So if you're sweating... (coughs) It's not, that's not the part of you. Are you with me?
2: Yeah.
0: That's the old man that God hates. When you read it, read it as the new person who is in harmony with God's goodness. That's Amen? That's how you got to read it. Second Corinthians, uh, I think it's 3 or uh, I'm not too sure. But it says that the, um, the letter kills, but the spirit brings life.
2: Yeah.
0: And right in the middle of that scripture, we find the ego. Because you could even try and do good things to be right with God. Even like reading the word, if you do it for the wrong reason, the letter will kill you.
2: Yeah.
0: What? Yeah, the Bible will kill you. But the Spirit will bring life. The moment you turn from yourself and you look to the Spirit, you'll be set free. Absolutely. Amen? That's what He says. So every day, this is the daily exchange, family. This is the daily exchange. Behold Christ as in the mirror and daily become transformed into his likeness and and image. Amen? Mm -hmm. And you can't do that if you're not reading the Bible. You can't do that if you're not praying. You can't do that if you're not using the disciplines that the Bible gives us. Amen? Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, it's so nice to see you dying. Amen. Listen, we yeah. ain't going into the kingdom until we die. Huh? That's how it goes. Yeah, that's, it. that's how I go. I never said it. You got a problem with it? Take it up with my boss.
2: <laughs>
0: His name's Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, he's the good CEO.